Imagine your new bathroom. A sparkling new tub, a modern shower conversion, a seamless new wall, all done in as little as a day. Introducing Bathfitter. Join over 2 million customers delighted with our one-of-a-kind remodeling process. No demolition, no mess. Guaranteed for life. Installed in as little as a day. Book a free in-home consultation at bathfitterpodcasts.com and get our best offer of the year right now. Bathfitter, 35 years of better bath remodels. Welcome to the New Heights Show on Education. I'm Pamela Clark, founder and director of the New Heights Educational Group. And I'm here with David Smith, the founder of Silicon Valley High School, who has helped us get these podcasts produced and delivered to you. Yes, Pamela, when we saw the great things that you and your army of volunteers were achieving at New Heights, we wanted to get involved. We're happy to work with you to leverage the internet and make quality education accessible and affordable to everyone, everywhere. Thank you, David. We appreciate Silicon Valley High School helping us to get these podcasts out to the hundreds of thousands of listeners from all over the world. So I hope you enjoy the show. Good evening. Last week, you got me and my daughter, Alexa Lowry, since I broadcasted from Los Angeles, where she lives. I have to thank her. She's a natural. And... Also, our listener numbers were very high last week, so thanks to Alexa. Tonight, you just had me, but we have a very hot subject. Right now, you might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group, educational resources to help reach your goals. Self-esteem changes who you are. This is very true. Self-esteem has been a buzzword for parents and teachers and psychologists since the 1970s. It affects our entire existence. To clarify the difference between self-confidence and self-esteem, self-confidence is confidence in your strengths and abilities. For example, you know you're a good swimmer because it's easy for you to swim fast. You usually win at swim meets, and this is a skill that you rely on. So this you can have self-confidence in. Self-esteem is a little bit different. This is valuing your own self-worth. It's your overall opinion of yourself. See, parents are encouraged to build self-esteem in our children so they can grow up to be happy and productive adults. Educators believe self-esteem is a key to academic success. As adults, we go to motivational seminars and job coaches and mentors and online webinars and websites to find nuggets of information to help keep us lifted up. We are esteem-seeking missiles. So I want to start by giving you four side effects of low self-esteem, and then we'll talk about the flip side of that when there's too much self-esteem. So first of all, a lack of self-esteem can lead to depression. Did you know that in the U.S., anxiety disorders affect 40 million adults 
ages 18 and older. That's 18% of the population. And statistics show that depression is being diagnosed in an alarmingly increasing rate. What about depression in our youth? Expert thinking used to be that only adults could get depression. Now we know that even a young child can have depression. As many as 2 out of 100 young children and 8 out of 100 teens have serious depression. I happen to believe that increased exposure to chemicals and genetically engineered foods have an effect on mood too. There are certainly other contributing factors, but depression is one side effect of low self-esteem. Secondly, a lack of self-esteem can also cause people to fall short of their potential in life. Not believing in yourself makes it harder to get things done. It leads to inactivity. The first step in achieving anything starts in the mind with believing that you can. Have you ever noticed or observed someone start to learn a new task, like hitting a golf ball, for example? Someone with low self-esteem will watch how it's done and then say, oh, I could never do that. Even if this is not said out loud that your mind is thinking it, the mind is then closed off to success. This person is set up for failure. Action follows intention. If you think you can't, you are bound to make it so. Of course, none of that would happen to any of us, right? But the same is true in reverse. If you think you can, you are bound to make that so. The next symptom of low self-esteem is an inability to assert your own opinion. When you have low self-esteem, you don't value your own opinion as much. You have a perfectly valid opinion, but someone with higher self-esteem will express their opinion more aggressively. Others are more likely to take action with the assertive opinion giver, even if it wasn't the best idea. Interesting, huh? Those with low self-esteem are more likely to bend or change their view without the belief in their own thoughts. So the fourth one I want to give you, the fourth side effect of low self-esteem is particularly important. Well, they're all important, but it can also cause one to tolerate abusive or unhealthy relationships. The mind is a powerful place. If you don't believe you deserve better, then you will accept being treated badly. So there's your four side effects of low self-esteem, depression, falling short of your potential, an inability to assert your own opinion, and tolerating abusive or unhealthy relationships. So how about too much self-esteem? Can too much self-esteem be a problem? The answer to this question is absolutely yes. Too much self-esteem can lead to a sense of entitlement, which is not attractive or endearing. In fact, it can become quite problematic. If someone feels entitled and is denied what they feel they should have, no matter how unreasonable, this leads to feeling they have been wronged. If someone feels wronged, then you know what happens next. There's anger and stubbornness and unwillingness to cooperate. A child feels entitled 
A child who feels entitled gets their parents a very thankless job. The same applies at school and in the workplace. Feeling entitled takes away appreciation. One of the best feelings in the world is feeling appreciated. Entitled individuals do not have much appreciation to give, and gratitude is a great healer. If you're feeling down, then find something to be grateful for. It's an instant pick-me-up. Entitled individuals have less access to gratitude for healing and happiness. A second reason why too much self-esteem is a problem is because it can cause a failure to learn from mistakes. Failure is one of our biggest teachers. We do our best, but mistakes can still happen. Accepting that allows learning of how to do it better the next time. Experience teaches. Humility is attractive. With too much self-love, there's no learning because there's always an excuse or, or mistakes or someone else's fault. So thirdly, too much self-love is also a sign of narcissism. It's not that pleasant being around someone who thinks the only important person in the world is themselves. Narcissists believe the world revolves around them. There is a lack of empathy for others. This in itself is a huge subject. I'm going to throw some big words at you now. These terms are getting talked about more and more in our society. These words are psychopath, sociopath, antisocial, and narcissist. These words describe the predatory type personalities. One common trait of these disorders is a lack of caring for others. I, I think understanding this is life-changing and should be a part of standard education to understand these predatory personalities because there's such a hidden danger. The most recent information shows that 12% of Americans fall into one of these four categories. I think that's worth saying again. 12% of Americans are either a psychopath, sociopath, antisocial, or narcissist. And it's particularly important to not only understand this, but learn, begin to learn to recognize and differentiate these individuals because the rules of engagement are different with population of people. The social rules like forgive and forget and there's good in everyone or turn the other cheek, these are really wonderful things and things that we've probably all been taught from childhood. And there's certainly good rules to apply should I say, for the other 88% of the population. These same social rules can sit your life on a roller coaster if you use them with one of the predatory type personalities. They will use these good-natured theories to take advantage. So we'll probably talk about this more in shows ahead, but I just wanted to mention it here quickly. Something more on narcissists, they see a vertical hierarchy of worth. Others are either above or below them in importance, and they have few limits on what they will do to get ahead. This is different from people with a healthy high self-esteem. People with healthy high self-esteem see others on an even playing field, and they can be happy for someone else's success. This podcast is brought to you by Silicon Valley High School. 
the world's fastest growing, video-based, self-paced, teacher-supported, fully accredited online school that's recommended by more than 96% of students. Take individual courses at just $95 each or earn your high school diploma at any age. Check us out at svhs.co. So what can parents do to promote healthy self-esteem? There's a long-term study that will help answer this question. Researchers measured children's personalities and observed the ways their parents interacted with them. The study revealed that children who developed high self-esteem had parents who expressed fondness and affection for them but did not overly praise them. The children who developed narcissistic tendencies had parents who showered them with praise and constantly compared them to other children who had accomplished less than they did. So what does this mean? It means that parental warmth led to higher self-esteem, but parental over-evaluation led to narcissism. So parents and teachers are most effective when they praise children for genuine accomplishment and effort without comparing them to their peers. Say things like, you did a great job instead of you're the best. It may sound like a meaningless difference, but you did a great job encourages self-worthiness. It encourages an environment where a child tries to do their personal best. Words like you're the best or you beat everyone there, something like that. These promote degrees of superiority. So another way to maintain healthy and balanced self-esteem is to identify weaknesses. Yep, you heard that right. Identifying weaknesses is just as important as finding one's strengths. This has many benefits. Uh, first, you can't fix something that you don't know is broken. Secondly, it promotes the thinking that you don't have to be perfect. We don't have to hide weaknesses or imperfections. We don't have to go underground or feel embarrassed about qualities that, are, that aren't as strong as someone else's. We can just allow imperfections to be endearing. It's being real and, and genuine. So let's move on to lifting low self-esteem. What can we do to improve low self-esteem? First of all, get to know your inner critic, that that inner voice that's constantly speaking to you and judging, we're just going to put the reins on that person. That person is a compilation of other people's criticisms and your own expectations. Observe this inner dialogue and just become aware of it being there. Then consciously decide to be kind to yourself. Take the inner dialogue that beats you up and replace it with knowing your best. Knowing that you're doing your best reminds you that that voice is okay. It's okay not to be perfect at everything. Then turn that inner dialogue into a best friend. Best friends will always support you and want the best for you, but they can also tell you when you have broccoli in your teeth. So next... Forgive yourself for past mistakes. The past is a great teacher, but it's a terrible master. 
Another one of those social rules that is great for the 88% is forgive and forget. So apply this to yourself. Make amends if you need to, but then take the learning and forget about past mistakes. Next, uh, do go ahead and identify your strengths too. Remind yourself of these when the inner voice gets too harsh. Write down things that you can appreciate about yourself. Writing these things down makes them so much more real. So just to be grateful for you. And one more way to beef up low self-esteem is to pay it forward. When you do something kind to help someone else, the reward back to yourself is exponential. Some ideas for paying it forward are visiting the nursing home. You know, a lot of people in the nursing home spend a lot of time alone. And even if you're visiting someone that you don't even know, just walk through and and start striking up conversations, and I guarantee you, you're going to make a lot of the day of a, a lot of people there. Um, Alexa, who you got to heard here last week, host a show with me. She used to do that a lot when she was a child, and and she was just a little magical rainbow going through the room, and just seemed to brighten her as much as it did everyone else that she wanted to talk to. So another idea, something you can do to pay it forward is to leave a kind note for someone. And this doesn't actually have to be someone that you know. Um, it's, it, that's nice, obviously, as well, too, to write a note and just leave it in the kitchen in the morning for someone in your family, just thanking them for something kind that they did or just give an observation that, hey, you really worked hard yesterday and I appreciate it, or thank you for doing the laundry, thank you for taking the trash out, anything, something simple like that. Uh, Gosh, it can just go such a long way to making someone's day and making them feel appreciated. Another way to pay it forward is just to call a friend or a family member you haven't spoken to in a long while. Do you have a cousin in Germany or a, a friend that you that you still feel close to but you just don't get to talk that often? Give that person a call, and I think it will make you both happy. Another way to pay it forward, one more idea, is to just give a genuine compliment. I really think people see through and sense when we try to give a compliment that might be kind of manufactured and forced. But when you notice something, someone might have a nice hairdo that day or they've done a really good job on something that you've observed them doing, just go ahead and and give them a compliment. And I think that will go a long way too. So that's just a few ideas for building up self-esteem. And self-esteem is a fluctuating thing, depending on what's currently happening in your life. So some days you may feel like a 10 on a scale of 1 to 10, and your self-confidence is just soaring, and you feel like you could climb Mount Everest. But other days you may struggle to even hit a 6. And and that's okay. This is just 
completely normal. Um, most of the time, or what actually is normal, is for, say, on a scale of 1 to 10, for self-esteem to hover within a, the same range. So usually you're maybe a 7 through a 10 or a, a 6 through an 8 or whatever. It tends to focus within uh, a same typical range. But, you know, when you're at the lower end of your scale or or you could be off your scale, just be sure to recognize these times when your self-esteem is low so that you can be more careful. Uh, this is not a time to make any major decision when your self-esteem is low because when self-esteem is low, you're much more vulnerable to the bad intentions of other people. It is pretty simple. Just kind of lay low and, and know that it will pass. Trust that it will pass. Believe in it that it will pass. And recenter yourself with trusted people. And whatever your healthy outlets are, like listening to music or um, taking walks in the park or sports or write your thoughts on paper, um, just just make sure that you take care of you. So since the 70s, we've had a culture concerned with self-esteem. Now in the 21st century, we have to add that self-esteem has its limits. I'm going to give you some homework this week. I, I won't be able to collect it, of course, but you will still receive the benefits. So here's what I would like for you to do like for you to write down your strengths and weaknesses. It, it might take a little time and think about it. You don't have to do all this in just one sitting. You can think about it for a few days, and it's perfectly okay to ask other people their opinion. When I worked in the Chamber of Commerce field, part of my job um, was to actually when I was at the Chamber of Commerce Executives Ohio, which is the state professional association for Chamber of Commerce Executives, that's a mouthful. But part of my job was to go around to local chambers and help them with their SWOT analysis, their strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And a business really can't operate without identifying these things and then taking the strengths that they have and expanding on them and identifying their weaknesses as well so that those can be corrected or at least minimized. And I really think that as human beings, each individual needs to do a similar kind of thing for their own life, for their own personal life plan. It keeps us on top of ourselves and it helps us become more in tune with who we are. So we won't go, of course, your homework won't be to do a complete SWOT analysis, but if you could just do the one part of it, which is the strengths and weaknesses, and write those down. And this might seem a little different, and oh, why do I need to write down my weaknesses? I don't want to be reminded about that. But, but as we talked about, it's a healthy balance. It keeps a healthy perspective. And again, you can't fix 
what you don't know is broken. And, hey, some people might even have a hard time finding weaknesses, so give yourself a little pat on the back <laughs> if that's the case. But uh, but maybe there's just something that you want to try to, to improve. So write these down, the strengths and the weaknesses, and post this where you can see it every day. And then just review it. If, if you're having a day where you're a little bit more down, maybe you want to focus a little bit more on reading the weakness or the strengths over and over again and just remind yourself because I do believe everybody has their own gifts to give. And just let it remind you to be grateful. Gratitude is extremely power. There's nothing that can, nothing that can stop you with a grateful heart. So list your strengths, remind, post it somewhere you can see it every day, and let it remind you of what you have to be grateful for. And then by listing the weaknesses, let that remind you that expecting perfection in all things is outdated. It's as outdated as rotary phones or black and white TVs or high-waisted pants, any of those things. It's just outdated. So be grateful for your strengths and allow the weaker areas to grow as they will. Sometimes weaknesses end up turning into your biggest strengths. You never know. So I wanted to just review a few things that we talked about tonight. And the four reasons that we gave or the four side effects from low self-esteem are depression, falling short of fear potential, an inability to search your own opinion, and tolerating abusive or unhealthy relationships. So these are just four of the more prominent side effects from low self-esteem and reasons why we've heard since the 1970s that this is something that we really need to work on for our children. I, I remember when my children were in kindergarten already, the, the teachers was talking about, well, make sure you expose them to lots of experiences so they can just broaden and develop their self-esteem. So it's definitely something that is a hot buzzword. But for the 21st century here now, we need to, to add the fact that there can be too much self-esteem in 12% of the population in particular. And this, the side effects from even people who just have a slightly overdeveloped self-esteem can be a sense of entitlement. I know the millennials get accused a lot of having a sense of entitlement. Um, some of them would, would argue against that. But we certainly hear a lot about the entitlement generation and when someone has an inflated self-love, then, of course, it's a little bit harder to be grateful and they feel wronged by things that maybe they shouldn't feel wronged about. Also, there is the failure to learn from mistakes. And as we stated, that failure is one of our biggest teachers. And also, another sign of too much self-love is the sign of narcissism. So I can't hardly talk about this enough, and, and again, we will talk about it more in the future, but 
12% of Americans, 12% fall into one of the four categories, which is psychopath, sociopath, antisocial, or narcissist. And these are people that the one particular is they just don't care about anyone but themselves. But I've also given you a number of ways to increase self-esteem, and I sure do hope that you'll do your homework this weekend. Obviously, we won't be collecting it, but then again, you never know. Maybe I'll have little elves come around and and check. (laughs) But I know you'll be glad you did, and it will benefit your own life. So this is Victoria Lowry with another New Heights show on education. I look forward to seeing you here at the same time. Have a great night. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings.